All I want is a man who growls, and I don't understand like fifty oh percent of his dialogue. That's what I want. Yeah, him and Raul and uh, 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 Midnight Mass. They got that Wait, growl. Uh-huh. Wait, you guys mm-hmm. are talking about growls and and Rocky? You're not even watching the best growler on television. What? What am I missing? What Roy I'm Kent. Missing? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Rocky. I'm sorry. love triangle i saw it on twitter no well people are trying to make it up to be but that's because they don't understand how there there would be on a lesser show (laughs) right like on a lesser show this would be the start of a love triangle like if you listen to the words that the two men said Mm -hmm. to the lady Mm-hmm. You no, would I, understand I mean, why it is not a triangle. Okay. Yeah, because I saw the screen grab. I know that it involves Juno Temple or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And that she's with Roy Kent, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Yeah. And it's her ex-boyfriend, the, like, football fuck boy. Yeah. Okay. Um, Although my favorite, very dumb. my favorite, my uh, favorite, Revel- not- is he very attractive? Should I, should I look at this? Oh, he's got an eyebrow scar and everything. Mm, okay. All right. I'll look. All right. I, I did like the, um, someone on Twitter, I don't know who it was, but pointed out that the only person that she said I love you to is Rebecca. Yeah. And I'm like, or, or I don't know if, yeah. And, and I was like, oh, very interesting. <laughs> it is, yeah. Not in a not in a sexual way, just in like a, oh, she's, she should choose herself kind of way. Well, mm. it was a little bit of a sexual way. I mean, wasn't it the scene where she's just like, fuck, you're amazing. Well, it's always, she's, she's. Well, they have made those, those underlying like jokes about like that she's attracted to her. Right. Um, but the whole time. But yeah, yeah, she definitely it's very sweet. But um yeah, no. Love triangle is I think being I think well yeah, I don't think it's if you actually pay attention to the way that scene played out, I don't think it's going to happen, but if it mm-hmm. did happen, it would be so I think I think it could be like the men think they're in a love triangle and she's like no no yeah like I don't think okay. the show would do it because if the show would did it like it would just be so stupid and unearned mm. okay. and I do I do have enough faith in the show that like that would be a misstep that like I just can't see it making yeah okay <laughs> like not with like three more episodes in the season yeah hmm I'm looking at this man Tori he's okay no, no, no! It's not no, the yeah, looks. Yeah, it's you really have to. You have to actually see him in action. Mm-hmm. What Wait, with which the one are you looking at, Roxanne? I'm looking at no, no, no. Roy oh, Kent, Jamie. Roy Kent is objectively attractive. Okay. I'm looking at the ex. Oh, oh Jamie. Oh. Yeah. Uh, there. Yeah, he has his moments. He's just very like, he's just a total fuckboy. Mm. Mm, I do. That does appeal to me. He but wears a little thing, headband sometimes. One thing that's been good with that, and I don't know why we're talking about it all now but that's okay uh just start recording well i did start recording but the it, it's just that like the the season has even though he's had less screen time this season has given uh uh jamie much more to do like emotionally. Yes. so you see him do like because last season he was mostly just fuckboy boy asshole mm-hmm. um but this season you've seen you've still seen that version of him You've seen, like, the emotionally vulnerable version of him. You've seen the version of him that's, like, actually learning. Um, and you've seen, and like, the little boy him. version of him when, like, his dad's yelling at him. Yeah. So it's uh, it's good. It's it's impressive. And, like, I don't know, people are like, 
this stuff's not set up. I'm like, it's all set up. What's it's all set up. Yeah. I also think that, you know, if the arc for him this season is just, yeah, he's actually, like, realizing what's missing in his life and trying to, like, grow as a person. Mm-hmm. Like, an important step of growth is not getting what you want. Right. That's true. And so I think, like, yeah, he confessed his feelings. And, like, that to me is still not, like, that is a step in growth, but it also was in, in and of itself a very selfish act. Mm-hmm. Like, he did that for him, not for her. She right. didn't need that. So it's like, that is not him proving himself. That is him showing just how much further he needs to go. And like, if the show is really intent on like, him, his evolution, like, that shit can't fly. <laughs> like, he gets turned down and has to deal with like, you. sometimes you don't get what you want. And that's okay. Right. Hmm. But then you should tell uh, Rocky uh, the part that you'll hate, even though it was amazing. Mm, which was uh-oh. the eulogy was uh, 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 Rick Astley's never going to give you up. No, yeah. I love Rick Astley. That's fine. Yeah, it was the best Rick role ever. Yeah, that's nope. totally fine. A, t- a tearful rendition of, yeah. yeah. I think for me, my like top tier sports shows are basically, as we all know, Friday Night Lights and Eastbound and Down. So I'm just always chasing... Those <laughs> those two very different highs, right. but it's, but it's as very we're Friday Night Lights, but it's it's not Eastbound and Down at all. But yeah. I also think that as we're about, we're gonna argue with uh, Cord Lasselton in a couple weeks. Um, this is not <laughs> this is like barely a sports show. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly <laughs> what it seems like. Oh, I'm actually hoping these last two episodes will go back to the soccer a little bit. <sighs> Look at God this dork. <laughs> we gotta see if they unrelegate themselves. Re regulate, uh, up upcycle themselves. Yes, that's right. They can be promoted. <laughs> All right, that I like my version. Mm. I don't know what these terms mean, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with it. <laughs> gonna be like, yes, I hope that also. <laughs> that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Wait, so have we covered like half of what we're going to cover tonight already. For Ted Lasso. For Ted Lasso, <laughs> I for sure. Ted Lasso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Ted had a, another breakdown. Oh, yeah. Which was kind of important. It yeah. was. He, he had another breakdown, but this time he was finally able to open up. Um, you had the, the dueling reveals, which... Uh, oh, my God, that was so good. Like, like, like it's really it's, well written. It's amazing because the the two the two reveals are like they're they're both so emotional that you don't want to cut away from one or the other. Like it feels like that's going to break the rhythm of it, right? But but it was written in such a way that it that it works and it's it's mostly you know not awkward to cut back and forth between like two very emotional like simultaneous emotional uh, confessions uh, confessions yeah. Yeah, that paired so well. Yeah, it shouldn't have worked, and it actually did. And that was kind of the most impressive part of it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Also, oh. uh, I, I, I love that the... Um, we're just doing Ted Lasso now. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, I just assumed. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. Let's just but get the, it out of the way. Um, yeah. the, uh, I also love that... So when, it, when it's revealed that Rebecca is dating Sam, and it, like when that was building i was so worried that uh nora her goddaughter was gonna be like upset upset uh and the fact that she wasn't 
was a very nice surprise. Oh, yeah. Just, was it boss bitch move? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's so cute. So I will tell you the one thing that I'm concerned with is the low simmer of Nate being an asshole. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, yet another episode went by where there was really no progress on that front. Well, but, except there was one very specific moment of progress on that. Oh, when they were calling him out about his suit? No, 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 not that. um... Uh, When when Rupert goes and whispers in his ear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, whatever that's going to be, it's not going to be good. That's not going to be good. When he gave up his shares. Right. So he's clearly angling for another team. Right. That he's going to poach Nate to coach. Right. (gasps) Yep. That's the, yeah, you're right. Season three. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so season one, Jamie gets poached, but then season two comes back. So, season two, Nate leaves. Mm -hmm. He's going to be, no, he's going to be terrible on his own. Or he's going to be good and they're going to have to face him in the final. Yeah. This all sounds a lot like Mighty Ducks. No, this is more like like season four of Friday Night Lights. Mm, There's nothing wrong with Mighty Ducks. There's nothing wrong with Mighty Ducks. No, absolutely not. Look, I don't know if you're aware of this, but it happens on grass and not ice. Mm, No, I was unaware. Is that how soccer works? (laughs) I I mean, I'm not. I'm kind of asking to clarify because I'm not really. (laughs) They get relegated. Both sports have goalies. So. They do have goalies. Yeah. Um, I hear kicking is like not really appreciated in hockey, but I always try uh, it anyway. No, it's sort. I mean, yeah, you sort of don't do that. Did you know what they call hockey football in Canada? <laughs> if they, I would love it if they did. That would be amazing. Um, uh, Canadian football. Yeah, that sounds great. Is so? Is Letterkenny still a thing? What's happening with that? It is still a thing. Okay. Um, they have at least one more season coming in their current mm-hmm. deal, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Although uh, Jonesy or Riley, I can never tell which, which one is which. which. Yeah. But I agree. one of them was on the Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Oh. Uh, he was the he was the new coach. He was the coach of the new of the current era Mighty Ducks who have turned into assholes who like only care about winning. Interesting. Um, oh, so he's the he's okay. the coach who like cuts the the protagonist at the beginning. He's like, "You're terrible, so we're gonna cut you." Oh, you watched Mighty Ducks too, then? Huh? I watched like the first couple episodes and then oh, I watched forgot. It was pretty good. Yeah. Hmm. Well, the more you know. <laughs> I so know anyway, th- this is Pod Jaiba. Hello. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Oh, Hi. Hello. Uh, if, if you couldn't tell, uh, it's. Uh, uh, your, your hosts this week are uh, I'm Pajaba comedy editor Dan Hamamura. <laughs> With me this week are Pajaba managing editor Tori Preston. Hello, Dan. Hello, Tori. Uh, Pajaba film editor Roxana Haddadi. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, hello. And <laughs> trending on Twitter, Dustin Rolls. Hello, Dan. He's not trending on Twitter. This no, is a lie. He's, not. That's he's a lie. just <laughs> mad. You said it, I didn't. He, he's just mad that he couldn't. <laughs> Use a different name hey. that he had put in the chat. It was inappropriate. I'll be honest. It was super it was, inappropriate. It was another poll yeah. from uh, Psych. I'm. I don't know. They, That's from Psych. Yes. The when program is it in Psych? Psych. Psych. That was another nickname for Gus. He calls hmm. Gus Felicio del Toro. Yes. Do you think Do is that a, is that a reference to Benicio or to Guillermo? Guillermo, I think. 
Okay. No. No. It would have to be Benicio. I think yeah. it's Benicio. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ricardo may. I just, I just assume Guillermo. But yeah, I guess. Don't you think more people like, know, like rando people, just know Benicio rather than Guillermo? Probably. And, and, and the, given given the timing of Psych, that's probably right. Yeah. Hmm. Now now you can you can find uh, James Roday and uh, Dulé Hill on uh, A Million Little Things and the Wonder, uh, Years. Wonder Years, respectively. Did you watch The Wonder Years? I did. It was pretty good. It was a lot of voiceover. It was. <laughs> it was. It's, I mean, it was. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the episode. It's like all voiceover. Wasn't but, it? Uh, didn't it used to be all voiceover? A lot yeah. Of it, yeah. Um, Do you remember the, the, the original pilot? No. Oh, because they because the this one had such a fun not fun but interesting subversion on the original. Um, and the original, first of all, Kevin kisses Winnie on the swing mm-hmm. at the very end after Winnie finds out that her brother had been killed in Vietnam. Oh my God! I know. Oh, that's right. What? And in the Wonder Years. Uh, so in the new one. In the new one, they find out that, and this is a black family, they find out that um, Martin Luther King has been killed. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the kid goes out to his magic spot, which is where Kevin went in the original to kiss Winnie, and uh, finds on the swing his best friend kissing his Winnie Cooper. Right. <gasps> mm. oh. Wait, wait, wait. So his best friend is kissing the best friend's Winnie Cooper, or his best friend is kissing the protagonist's Winnie Cooper? The protagonist. the protagonist. Oh, okay, okay. That's but he okay. also has a uh, Jewish white best friend who's clearly the Paul Pfeiffer, which is pretty amazing. Hmm. Um, one thing that uh, I was trying to figure out with this show, again, I enjoyed the pilot. It's not a criticism, but this is where my brain went at one point. Was okay. So this is sixty-eight. So he's twelve years old in nineteen sixty-eight. Yeah. So I'm, he I'm should be like. <laughs> so, really old. Well, no. So now he's gonna be what, like in his seventies, uh-huh. and uh, or well, I guess in his sixties, late sixties, uh, and he's being the voiceover is Don Cheadle, and Don <laughs> Cheadle sounds like Don Cheadle and not a sixty-something-year-old Don Cheadle. That's I mean, probably I, true. I wouldn't have thought Don Cheadle was the voice of Donald Duck either, but he was. So Don Ooh. Cheadle can do anything. Oh. I will believe him. And Don Cheadle's Except... fifty-six, so he's not—he's not young, right? No. But it's not—it's there's a difference. Also, I'm sorry. Are we counting the Cockney accent in the Ocean's movies as good, Tori? Yeah, yeah but I also kind of—I wouldn't say I bought that he actually. I always thought he—it was sort of an affectation because he was probably like hiding from people. Mm, okay. Okay. I, I always okay. thought it was kind of a persona. Okay, all right, I can accept that. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a pretty big layer that I didn't think of in those oceans movies. Yeah, he was, mm. yeah, he was just hiding out. Like they're all criminals. They are. All, that's true. <laughs> Three perfect films. Yeah. Three, <laughs> there is not a thing you could say that's negative about any of them. No, exactly. they're all great. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, we're not really going to talk about uh, network TV this week, but Dustin was there because La Brea has not premiered yet as of right. this recording. Uh, so Dustin will be bringing his uh, his uh, his new upcoming La Brea segment from the tar pits. I'm going to watch the pilot with me though, right? Oh, was that part of the arrangement? No, no I, I, I think it's point. I think it's more Dustin tells us what happened. <laughs> yeah. <on La> Brea. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, there's, there's an agreement. It's got all these Z's in it. Come on. Yeah, that's why you're going to watch it and right. love it. Yeah, um, and tell us all about it so that we can stay abreast of the, of the goings right. on. <laughs> um, Dustin, did you get their uh, swag thing? From who? From La Brea. No, I don't get swag <laughs> from networks. Okay. Oh. I, for some reason, got a swag thing from them. And it is, like, the most stupidly packaged thing I've ever seen in my life. And I'm sorry to whoever had to put this thing together. But it's really nice. It's like a backpack from REI. Oh. And, like, trail mix. And, like, a blanket. It's really nice. But they packaged it with, like shredded hay oh, oh. and so like the shredded hay Which is, is all stuck the yeah. yeah it's stuck on everything it's like in the backpack it's like embedded into the blanket it like is completely not useless but it's the kind of thing where it's like hmm i don't know if i want to watch your show after this i just i can't <laughs> i cannot tell i don't know but yeah uh, I think you should send, you should get more package Tay to add and then send it all to Dustin. I'm going to. I'm going to do that. <laughs> like, here you go, buddy. But, uh, <laughs> this is for you. This is for you. But so, uh, Raylan's wife is in that one? Yep. Okay. What is the premise of this? Uh, a, uh, a giant uh, sinkhole opens in Los Angeles, uh, okay. right around the La Brea tar pits, hence the name okay. La Brea. Okay. And uh, a bunch of people disappear, and, and they're like, oh, no, they're all dead. But it turns out they're oh in God. a land, like a, like an untamed land, and they're oh like, God. how do we get here, and how do we get home? And that's La Brea. I can't wait. <laughs> so it's, is it like, is it like NBC by way of like Grimm? Like, is it that vibe of NBC? Oh, I really do think that it's more manifest. Yeah, okay. it's, this yeah. is like their big sci-fi swing of the season. Okay. Like, Debris was last year's big sci-fi swing. Which got canceled, right? Which got canceled, yeah. Was that NBC? That was NBC. Yeah. Sorry, oh, Jonathan gosh. Tucker. Sorry, yeah. buddy. Okay. Very hmm. thirsty, Jonathan Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Tucker is always, like, I always enjoy seeing him things, but I'm always like, mm, I'm probably not going to keep watching this. I'm sorry. I did enjoy him in, uh, I mean, a lot of things, but very specifically the last season of uh, Justified. Yeah, of, of course. Where, yeah, I mean, but like, yes. but like, he's so yes. over the top that it's like yes. it shouldn't make sense, but it does. But it's does. great. Yes, yeah. and he, I actually do enjoy him very much in Charlie's Angels. That yes. movie was more fun mm. than people it allowed it to any be. Right yeah. to be. It yeah, was very, it was entertaining. Yes. Was he, so he was in what? Kingdom? Should I watch Kingdom, Dan? Uh, I watched a couple episodes of Kingdom, and it was all right. Okay. It didn't blow me away. But, like, it's a solid, like, family drama that okay. happens to be set around MMA loosely. Okay. Um, I, don't, I actually don't know enough about MMA to know, like, you know, that side of it. But Right. Um, I feel like I weirdly know too much about MMA, so that might be <laughs> that might be. You worth might be watching. bummed out by the by the inaccuracy. Yeah, it might be like, excuse me, that's not how the octagon works. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All right. Hmm. Wait, while we're on the topic of like fighting shows, is Heels still happening? It is still on, and I'm still watching it. Although I'm about the only one. I think I saw last week's ratings were like. 
78,000 people. Oh. Yeah. That's bad. It's really good, though. Yeah, you love it. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. And and, And it's on stars? Yeah, I think maybe bad Twitter network and bad uh, lead-in. And I I mean, I don't know. Stars is just a... Stars is another one. Yeah, like, why... Isn't Stars another one that you have to get, like, independently? Like, who's independently getting Stars? Nobody. Nobody. Not anymore. Like, there was a point where they were one of the only ones. It was like, you had Netflix, Hulu, and then it was before... Because they had... I feel like they had an app before HBO did. Oh, wow. And so there, there was a point where if you were going to add on a standalone channel, like, Stars was one of the only ones that you could. Mm-hmm. Right. So you could kind of go, all right, like, if there's a show, I'll, I'll do this rather than adding it to my cable. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but these days, absolutely not. Like, there's, that immediately was, like, the thing that you dropped when something better came along. Yeah, like, I don't even know what else. I'm going to Google it. But how how is the show that nobody is watching, Dustin? Heels is fantastic. It's uh, by, uh, I forget, Michael... Michael Waldron. Waldron. Waldron, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 yeah, it's Loki. Just, yes, and uh, he's doing the Doctor Strange Stra- movie. Doctor mm. Strange. Just Doctor Strange. Just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> different, different. Yeah, movie. Just to clarify, <laughs> but it's 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 really it is it's wrestling Friday Night Lights. Okay, and it, okay. I think they even use the same score. Is this because <laughs> isn't this because you loved Warrior? Is this why you love this show? Who doesn't? I wasn't no. the Warrior person, but I, I was did, the Warrior I did love person. Warrior, but I didn't. I wasn't like ah, okay. I've never spoken about Warrior. Okay. No, but you loved the way back, so I just assumed. You did love the way back. <laughs> yeah. Wait, is is there something wrong with the way back? Is there something wrong with the way back? <laughs> What's wrong with the way back? There's something wrong with the way back. It was perfectly fine. I Am prefer... I thinking of the right? That's the movie. The yeah, that's the sad the asshole dad and the sad teen coming. No, age that's the... the way way back. Oh, <laughs> what's the way back? The way back is ben, the Affleck ben Affleck as the alcoholic movie. basketball coach. Oh, that's right. And I do that was the last movie in theaters before the pandemic hit. That was the last yes. movie I saw in theaters. Yes, yeah. I like that right. one a lot more than Warrior. I'm just oh, I like stirring, Warrior more. stirring the pot. I mean, but Warrior yeah. is fucking amazing. Hmm. Wait, which are we talking about? The show? No, the movie. No. The oh, movie. I don't know about the movie. Never mind. The movie, <laughs> movie Joel, <laughs> Joel Edgerton and Tom Hardy again. Yeah. As, oh, I 100% do not know that movie. As yeah. dueling oh, brothers who fight MMA and they yeah. have to fight each other for the championship. Oh, God, genuinely, no. I would never no, no, watch that. Genuinely one of the best sports movies ever. But I do ever, love that... Did you literally just say ever? Yes. Oh, my God. Why oh wasn't God. it called Warriors? There are yeah, two of them. I don't know. I, you know, they, these are good questions, Tori, that I don't have answers for because the movie was not very good. But um, <laughs> my, my favorite part of this last two minutes is that we were all talking about different things. <laughs> yeah. Simultaneously. Yeah, yeah. I had the wrong movie. Tori but had I the wrong the way, show. way back, too. <laughs> um, the Way, Way Back is great. That is a genuinely great movie. Yeah. All right. Yeah. No. Okay. So, right. so what's everyone drinking now that we've established that we've all been drinking? <laughs> Clearly plenty. <laughs> uh, Roxana, you are uh, our, our returning returning guest. Uh, what do yes. you have? I'm drinking a half coffee, half hot chocolate because I'm going to watch the Britney doc after this. So I got to stay awake. 
Yeah. Yes. Half coffee, half, cho- half chocolate. I've never had something. Oh, like so that. we don't have sense. to talk about the Britney Doc. Genuinely. Well, there are delicious. two Britney Docs. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's the one from Hulu, which was over the weekend. That's like the second part of the New York Times one. And then there's Netflix's, which drops at midnight. Oh, okay. Yeah, that they did not give advance screeners for. And it was like, come on, man, really? But yeah. So we're we're once again in the Britney fueling a media hubbub portion of pop culture. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I I was too old for Britney. Well, it's totally about. I mean, uh, yes, maybe. I don't think you're that much older than me, though. Are you? I think that I am. I'm okay. All right. Well, we don't have to put it on Maine, but okay. <laughs> then you, yes, because you're the youngest one here. Wait, wait yes. isn't Dustin the president of the Tiffany fan club? Yes, that's right. So I was a generation yes. before. That's that Britney. generation. Yeah. That's yeah. true. That's true. Okay, my bad. But yes, so that's that's <laughs> what I have going on. I have a half coffee, half hot chocolate. That sounds lovely. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Yeah. What about everybody else? I'm back to uh, Austin Street, Pale Ale, the best. Mm. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Local craft brewery. Mm-hmm. Wait, did you say that's your favorite? It, I told you guys it's my new favorite. Austin I know. Uh, Wait, it's your favorite was... above past Tory. Allagash? It's yeah. Uh, at the moment, it is. I do prefer it to oh, Allagash. Oh, are wow. you still buying? Are you still getting wine from your wine I box? Know. No, no. I oh, did, I did eventually can cancel it. You know. Oh, congratulations! Wait, so what was the company that did it? Is it Naked Wines? No, Bright okay. Cellars, I believe. Oh, okay. I just got like a voucher for Naked Wines. I was like, is this that mm. box scam that Dustin had? So I still do get, get texts at least once a week asking me if I want like uh, 10 uh, bottles of wine. Oh my God. <laughs> is this one of these people, the one of those places that like never lets you delete your credit card info? Probably. I don't yeah. know. Okay. Probably. We have that with like either home fresh or home chef or one of those like meal subscription places oh where... yes blue apron yeah. i never i i yeah yeah, Us, I, yeah like, me canceled too. it and then somehow they kept doing it anyway yeah exactly and now they charge you shipping and i'm like get the fuck out of here <laughs> <laughs> please delete my credit card information but okay so i didn't know that the wine thing was sort of scammy uh, well, it was mostly a scam because it started out fine and then quickly turned into crap really bad wine. wine. Yeah, yeah. Right. shit wine. And, and then Dustin couldn't bring himself to call. Right. Um, <laughs> so it wasn't really their pro- their fault. Yeah. There, well, there yeah. was. Yeah. Well, they did make it tough for him to cancel. So well, right. just in well, that he had to call. He emailed and just he didn't you keep emailing and then no, just asking for a delay. I didn't have to call. I just had to. I couldn't bring myself to cancel even on email. I was just like, <laughs> can you just? Oh my god! Postpone it for Post- two months. <laughs> That's the worst part. You made it so much more work for yourself. I was trying to be on your side, Dustin, and I'm out. I'm, I'm, I'm back on Team Columbia House. <laughs> Eight CDs for one cent. Uh, Tori, what are you drinking? Uh, well, I'm finishing off a bottle of wine uh, that I used for cooking yesterday, but I figured since mm. we're going to talk about Midnight Mass, I should drink red wine just to you know get in the spirit Wait, of it. Don't you still have one of those shitty beers left? 
why thank you, Dustin. I was about to get to that. So I poured the rest of the bottle of wine into a cup and I brought up the last of the not shitty. It's maple breakfast stout. Mm. I feel like you might have started that the last time Rocky was on. No, no, it's the last it's the last can. So if I finish the wine, I have my backup drink prepared to go. And I'm sure uh, yeah, just slowly, slowly <laughs> drink it. <laughs> no, but then I'll just have that fucking beer left for drink, next drink. week. Mm. Just mix them. Oh well, my god! Don't do that. I don't feel like that would be terrible. No, yeah, I think what that. we'll do is I'll, I'll I'll get done with the wine and we'll be almost done with the episode and I'll be like, oh, well, I need something to drink and I open the can of beer and then like five minutes later we stop recording and I have an excuse to be like, well, I got to go to bed and like pour the rest of it down the sink. There you go. <laughs> That's smart. So, Did you yeah, guys ever I've, have? suicides growing up and yes. is that okay good that wasn't just a weird thing in the south what are, what suicides? Are suicides what are suicides after uh, baseball games you would get a free soda from like the concession stand and everybody would ask for a suicide which is where they just mix all the sodas together mm, okay i've done that i just didn't know that i had like a terminology no a Although, weird okay. term for it really, yeah honestly. very weird we never did that but i used to go to parties where we would just, and this was in high school, and we would just get a cooler and fill it with an assortment of liquor, juice, and on it, and candy. We would just put yeah. candy in it, um, right. and, we, and we just called it. It was just jungle juice. It was yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah that's just like jungle the, juice. Yeah, yeah. It's just punch. Delicious. Yeah, it's delicious just yeah. punch. <laughs> it's like with with yeah. Starburst floating on top. Yeah. Um, that just sounds like DIY orbits. That sounds amazing. It was actually pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Orbitz was always one of those terrible things I wanted at the grocery store that my parents would be like, absolutely like, not. Not. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Soda with like candy floating in it. Yeah. <laughs> and no. now everyone loves boba. So. Yeah, right? They were just ahead of, their, ahead of the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What Dan, concoction what are, you are you drinking, Dan? Yes. Uh, I'm drinking, there was a bottle of uh Kono, which is some kind of wine from New Zealand. Mm. Uh, there was like half of it left in my fridge, and so I'm drinking that. And if uh, if this runs out, then I'll switch to some kind of whiskey. But we'll see. There's there's a fair amount, so I might just end up with wine. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, sounds very classy and nice. Well, except for the maple thing. It's great. It's fine. I don't know why everyone's complaining. Obviously, it's I'm I've been drinking it for weeks, and I'm still here. It's fine. Was no. this a, was this a prank? How did no, <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, Basically. so no. What it was was Dustin got in my head about my usual beer, and I was mm-hmm. like, well, clearly I need to like try something different, and I thought it would be a good conversation starter, and so I got a four pack, and he's okay. been drinking it for four weeks. Oh, God. Is this is this because of the gross ciders that I was drinking? That you is this is this because of that? No. no, because she was she drinks this basic Vermont beer. Okay. It's just easy. It's a lager. I actually have a completely nothing different basic it. Vermont lager in the fridge. Did you know Switchback also makes a basic lager? Yeah. I didn't. It's fine. It's it's, it's exactly. Lager. It's fine. It's like no, nobody fine. And nobody has to and Dustin nobody has to answer to Dustin for That's right. And nobody's reason. judging you. Know, you look, I you you were you literally well, were you were like you hey were, by the way I got that pretty hard yeah. Yeah. yeah oh I got that beer you talk about it's 
So then I was like, all right, I'll get something interesting because then if Dustin wants to follow suit, he'll be stuck (laughs) drinking maple breakfast out. Yeah. (laughs) But then he never did. It has maple in it. It has maple and coffee in it. Uh huh. Uh huh. But then you could just have a coffee with maple syrup. I have that every morning. Where's the, the beer is what makes it distinct. <laughs> the delicious hops. <laughs> what I'm hearing is that I should just have beer every morning. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. that could work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, wait, can I tell you one thing, though? Yes. Yeah, always. Okay, always. so um, on the topic of maple, um, so Trader Joe's has a bourbon barrel aged maple syrup. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. good. And so I've been putting that in my coffee, and then I also put it in some chocolate chip cookies I made, and it was Mm. delicious. You just replace some of the sugar with the with the maple syrup. Mm. See, that would be my problem. Was it bourbon? Some of the sugar. No, it's not bourbon. (laughs) It's maple syrup that is aged in bourbon barrels. Barrels. So it like tastes. So there's no alcohol in it. No, there's no. No. What's the point? You what's, can add it to alcohol. What's the point? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, like, why, don't, why don't you just get bourbon and then some maple syrup? I frequently get maple bourbon. I this is just bourbon maple. <laughs> I like to have it. There's an arrange, there. I like to have a full assortment of maple, of things that are on the maple to bourbon spectrum. Dan, as a noted Top Chef viewer, do you ever think Dustin is a Philistine? If so, discuss. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would like uh, so Top Chef last season they introduced the uh, all star judging panel where they brought back because they needed to bubble and quarantine right. they brought back a lot of uh, Top Chef alumni to come in and guest host oh and okay I, I always uh, I, I would love for one spot to be reserved for someone such as Dustin where they come in and just like I don't like it, or or there's like it's good. I don't know. It it tasted burnt. So you want Dustin to be? Remember, like at the Oscars when Ellen would do those like really mean pranks where they like interact through oh normal God. people. You mm-hmm. want Dustin to be the normal person being made yes. fun of? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I vote yes as well. So. <laughs> now we shouldn't make fun because Dustin does does cook quite a bit and so he yeah, should he really be he does. should be on top chef amateurs I cook, and be I cook fried be chicken tonight do you like Ooh. maple syrup on fried chicken Tori? yes I, know, I, I would yeah it's yeah. so good <laughs> can we get dustin on like chopped it's chopped still on oh why i, I thought I, did, I didn't know that it wasn't on oh i don't know i just don't watch it regularly okay so. i think so um, let's right. get him on that or on like guys grocery games oh that'd be good Oh, guys, really what? Good. Grocery games? Yeah, on guys' grocery games. Is that something where you, like, price out things? Because I'm really good at that. Uh, well, sort of. That's, like, one aspect of the game. Wait, have you never watched guys' grocery games? I, I've never heard of this. Dustin, they oh, built okay. a whole a whole thing, they like, built a whole at his ranch. Yeah, yeah, for Guy Fieri. It's one of Guy Fieri's many Food Network shows. Oh. And, like, for cooks or chefs come it's held in this like gigantic amazing grocery store and like there are three challenges you like run around the grocery store like collecting ingredients and like cooking for like 20 minutes 30 minutes whatever and then at the end you have the potential to win like 20k oh i yeah. would i could do that it's like yeah, chopped like plus supermarket really sweep kind i spend of, a like, lot of time in the grocery store 
yeah it's like you have to be like quick so you have to have like an arsenal of recipes but you also just have to be like very aware of grocery store prices and like grocery store layout and stuff like that it's fun i enjoy it more than chopped i think huh. yeah yeah that does sound great I, I can find shopping. anything in the grocery store except Chinese black vinegar. I can never find it. I can never, yeah. I this is a, as an as an ethnic person in the ethnic aisles. I'm always like, what I want is not here. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it? So yeah, Tori, what were you gonna say about? No, groceries? I was gonna say I always find that I always find the shopping portion of those cooking shows to be very like the more stressful part mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. like. The idea of because there's always like a timer, so there's the pricing, yeah. but also just like going making it through a grocery store in the amount of time. And it's not like I don't know where everything is, yeah, but I will sit there and obsess over like what is the best tomato, yeah, what is the best, like all the produce and stuff like that. I will just sit there and like touch everything. I'm mm-hmm. like that asshole that's like put their fingers on everything. I mm. touch everything, and Adam says that I like throw things aside if I don't like them, which I am <laughs> not... like, I have no recollection. <laughs> yeah, I have like no awareness that I'm doing this, but he'll be like, you'll look at a peach, and if it's bad, you'll just like toss it aside. And he says that I make like a disgusted noise. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry to everyone at the grocery store. But, yeah. Actually, since we're since we're we've gone down this line of TV adjacent discussion, yeah, let's uh, do it. Uh, Rocky, you've been watching, you've been rewatching Top Chef. Yes, uh, have you? I don't know why, but yes. Oh, interesting. So you're going from most recent to yes to okay. Yes. Um, have you learned anything in your rewatch? Only because I've never I've watched all. I think I've talked to you about that, but like I've watched mm-hmm. almost all the episode, all the seasons. I missed the Voltaggio one. I will go back and watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've never rewatched a season. Um, mm. So is there anything like new that you're picking up or like thing, or is it just like comfort or what's the, it's mostly I... comfort. Mm-hmm. I am sort of looking for like a very low maintenance TV. Mm-hmm. And I feel like top chef is probably the reality show that I enjoy the most, like that competition style reality mm-hmm. show that I enjoy the most. I think what a couple of things maybe that have stood out to me are that I really come to appreciate Padma as a very good host. Like oh, watching it like backward, I feel like she has a really strong sense of what that role needs. And I think when I started watching Top Chef, I wasn't aware that she actually is like a food expert, which like I'm sorry Padma, I just thought you were like a beautiful woman from the future. But like she really like knows what she's talking about. So I right. feel like I appreciate Padma a lot more. On the flip side, I feel like I dislike Tom Colicchio a lot more. Oh. Because Ooh. I feel like he this I don't think this is a hot take, but I feel like he sort of throws the seasons for the contestants that he likes. So mm. That has sort of been interesting. And then just from like a food perspective, there are certain things that I, it makes me want to be more ambitious. I don't know if I've actually become more ambitious, but there was, I watched the fried chicken episode today um, from the Seattle season. I thought to myself like, maybe I could try to do this at home. So Mm -hmm. I, I think it's just sort of made me a little bit more, I don't know. I have not like slowed down in my life lately, but I, like to think of a simpler time when I can make fried chicken at home. <laughs> <laughs> and that show sort of like taps into that fantasy. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah. Hmm. Dan, do you have a favorite season? Or a favorite contestant? Uh, 
favorite contestant. Well, it's funny because we were discussing this um, because just like separately in a Top Chef sidebar on Slack. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but I really, I really liked Brooke on her seasons mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. as a judge, a little less so, but that's a separate thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked. I mean, well, I'm gonna, I'm obviously gonna pull for the the people from Hawaii. So like Sheldon, yes, yes. Uh, uh, was great. Um, uh, Leanne Wong, uh, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know, um, just, uh, and you, you haven't seen the, the most recent season. No, I haven't seen the okay. most recent but, one. It's uh, very irritating to me that it's not yet on Hulu. But they ruined it. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, all of Twitter ruined it. Well, right, well, don't, don't worry about that part. But, but regardless. No, I, I, uh, I honestly, I honestly do not know anything yeah, about it. But I there. Just, yeah. One of the chefs on on the most recent season, Shota, is is quickly became one of my favorites, and not just yeah. because he's Japanese, you guys, but because <laughs> of who he, his persona and who mm-hmm. he is and how he kind of like comes across. I mean, um, spoiler alert: I do think I know what happened to him, but yeah, I mean, I do remember the internet being like very in love with him as it was yeah. happening. And I feel, well, here's something I'll say, and this is like incredibly on brand, so my bad for how on brand this is, but it is interesting watching it and thinking to myself, like, has there been like a serious, like, Middle Eastern Top Chef contestant? And I don't know if there has been. Like, I feel like it's been very good in like highlighting a lot of different cuisines and cultures, but I cannot actually think of like a Middle Eastern slash... Arab slash Iranian person that's been on. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That was sort of another one of those things where I was like, oh, I can yell about this. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Hmm. It, I don't know. It's been a good comfort watch. It's sort of like food shows are sort of, I guess, my overall comfort watch because I also like have rewatched Nadia Bakes and now that Great British Bake Off is back, I have started watching that. I watched the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think there's something very soothing about people's competence and cooking shows like competition style cooking shows are all about competence. So that's probably what appeals to me at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Yeah. And you're at Seattle right now? Yes. I'm okay. at Seattle. I refuse to rewatch Texas because I remember yeah. absolutely hating that season. Yeah. Um, so I'll probably skip that. And then I, there are some people that I don't even remember. Like I didn't even remember Kevin. Like I don't even remember which season he won, but like he popped up as like a guest judge on something and I was like, oh, right him. And then I really wanted to rewatch Top Chef Masters, but I don't think that's streaming anywhere. Oh, that's weird. Yes. 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 Very weird. Um, but I really wanted like some Suser Lee in my life, but I can't figure out where to watch it. So, so yeah. Dan, did you enjoy? Speaking of reality, did you enjoy the uh, Survivor return? Oh yeah, did you watch it? I did. I did. Oh, okay, yes. sorry. So we we are gonna have to take two minutes now to talk about Survivor. Uh, I did. I did enjoy it. Uh, I liked the um, the. Well, one, a lot of it was just the fact that the show was back yes. was such a comfort. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm 
actually that's the show that I've gone back and watched and rewatched stuff uh, over the over the last year and a half. Um, although I because I became a Survivor fan kind of like right before the pandemic, so oh, I, okay. so then I just started like mainlining seasons when I was unemployed and just like being like oh, I got I got a lot of time. What if I watched eight episodes of Survivor in a row? No judgment. Um, that sounds amazing. And it was amazing. Uh, but um, it, it was nice to have it back. Uh, I I liked. There was one thing that they did, which like they were definitely like playing up personal stories in a way that like where they would even they even cut in like like footage of people like at home or like one person like when she got the call that she's going to go to survive oh, yeah, that all was that stuff so weird. that was that was nice hmm. and kind of like it, it it was humanizing in a way that they haven't necessarily done in seasons past um there were a couple things that they did that seemed like they were very uh uh like I, I was curious, Dustin, actually, to see what you think, because I'm, I'm kind of like at an intermediate level of fandom. I feel like, like I didn't watch from the beginning, and I'm not, I'm not hardcore obsessed with it, like, like some people are. But like Dustin, um, is that like what Dustin, trying to say, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I but feel like the, you kind of are in the last year and a half. Well, yeah, but I, I think my knowledge is still like I haven't seen every season, so my knowledge is still like you know at a at a moderate level. But there were some things where they would highlight things. So, for example, like. Like when uh, a clue was hidden near camp, and they they show someone uh, searching for it, and then they they like, I think they either cut back to the the, the shot that they showed Jeff hiding it, yes. or or something like. So like they basically did like a cutaway to like, hey, remember this from like an hour ago, right? And <laughs> I I just wanted to know what you thought because that felt like for if you've watched every season and you understand the rhythm of the drama of it you would be like, oh, come on, this is too much hand-holding. But, um, yeah, I just want to know if it felt like that or if it Oh, I, was, I thought it was okay. kind of interesting just because we, you know, sometimes uh, we will watch one of those montages where they're looking for the idol for, like, hours, and then you'll hear uh, from other people that, like, those montages don't even capture the... Uh, reality of it which is literally they will hunt for like four or five six hours for oh the idol. and uh so i thought it was kind of fun that jeff showed us where it was so that mm -hmm. we could see this person just sort of <laughs> move past it yes yeah can i ask a very silly question is is Sur is survivor on the same like island every time or do they like move it around is now it used to be it used to move around but now it's just on fiji oh okay okay yeah. Okay, so yeah. has anybody ever been like, I'm going to study the topography of this island and know everything before I go, or no? I don't know if it's the I... same island every time. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But it's it's been in Fiji for the past several seasons at least. Interesting. Um, okay. But, hmm. but yeah, they, yeah, they used to go all over, like they had seasons in different countries. And it kind okay. of, it, you know, there was, some of them were better than others. There was the... Famously, one I want to say it was in Survivor Africa. Oh, okay. Where oh, it was landlocked. Early, early one. Yeah, where it was yeah. landlocked, and there, I mean there was no water, and it was just an absolutely miserable, miserable yeah, that experience. Yeah, horrible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But I I do like the intensity of the season because they're only doing twenty six days instead of thirty nine because they have to quarantine for two weeks or whatever. Right. So they're they're adding a lot of uh, challenges that are like uh, grueling. So that's 
interesting and hopefully it'll sort of like uh catch up to them over the course yeah. of the season and dustin was there anyone were, were you surprised by the result was there anyone that you were because because it was a two-hour episode they also had a lot of people introduced so it was yes. like there were a couple of people that it felt like oh they're getting edited they're getting the edit where it feels like they're gonna be chopped but then they're not um, oh or I, vice versa. yeah i did think that fan that that huge fan guy JD, I thought he was yeah. gonna get axed. JD was being set up like I felt that too. Like yeah. he like he was gonna get uh cut in the first episode. But I knew that Christian girl was gonna get cut too. Which Oh uh oh shoot, I forget her name. I did too. Yeah. And we will never remember it again because we'll never do it again. <laughs> right. Wait, uh, who's the football player? I uh, Oh, Danny McRae is the football player. McRae, uh yeah. where's he from? I he don't... played several seasons in the NFL. Um, yeah, he didn't hmm. ring a bell to me. Yeah, yeah, Survivor's always got an NFL player for some reason. And sometimes I recognize them and sometimes they don't. Um, yeah. and it, it, But because JD didn't get cut, I thought like, oh, the way that they're he's setting him up, now, now I think maybe he's going to make it pretty yeah. far. Yeah. Um, like now I'm wondering, oh, did he get the winner's edit? And he's going to be, he's actually going to win. Yeah, that's um, probably but we'll see. more accurate. He, I like him a lot though, so. I like those fan favorite guys, and I think they bring them in because they know that the audiences love them. Mm-hmm. What um, is the prize on Survivor now? A million dollars. Oh yeah. wow! Okay, interesting. Hmm. And uh, I think you earn ten thousand. No, 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 two thousand if you go out first, and then it goes up from there. Right. Oh, okay. There's like a sliding right. scale. Oh. Yeah. So you yeah. still get something. That's nice. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Because you do have to like give up two months of work, potentially, right? Yeah. Right. Well, because you have to. Yeah, they, you still have to stay out there the whole time. Oh. I think you just end up staying in the hotel if you oh. if you're out. Well, that's sort um, of nice. I don't think ever. <laughs> I don't think everybody does. Just the people that go to the jury. So the top. 12. Oh, but the rest of them still can't go home, right? Well, they can't. I don't think so. I, I I feel like I heard stories where I don't know how they're doing it now, but. Previously, well, yeah, because doesn't it then give it away? If you right, know? so you, you maybe they could travel, but they they had to like agree. Wait, no, 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 they don't give it away. Well, oh, yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah, because if you go home and they're still filming, you'd be like, oh, I guess you were cut early. Yeah, uh, hmm. I can see that, but I don't okay, know well, that. It... Um, oh, one other thing that I really enjoyed about this this first episode was so they they decided they're going to show. A little bit more behind the scenes, and they they so they oh, yeah. did a couple of wide shots where they show how much crew is present at like a random shot, and it's like oh it's my god, wrong. there's so many more. Like I knew there were a lot of people like intellectually in my head, but you see it and you're like oh my god, there's, there's like so much crew thirty there. people back there. Yeah, uh, like crammed onto like a tiny boat, like all oh, no. for all the for all the prep that they had to do for like this one challenge. Um, That's and it's cool. It's cool to see because they they work hard. Did it feel like you were watching like Planet Earth with like a surprising <laughs> amount of crew? <laughs> oh, that would be amazing to see a behind the scenes shot of Planet Earth and there's just like fifty people behind the camera yeah. that's shooting like a tree frog. Yes, I would love that. Um, oh my god, there are four tree frogs living in our plastic shed and it's like the moment of it's like the, the most pure moment of happiness I've had in like months when we opened oh. the shed and saw them in there. It was very cute. Adam knew there was one because it was like coming up on the window. Like, so I sit in the basement and work and it was coming up like in the window and like hanging out and waiting for the moths that are attracted by my light. And I was like, you're crafty. Good for you. 
And then um, Adam was doing like some lawn work and opened it. And we were like, oh, there's one in here. Oh, there's a second one. Oh, there's a third and a fourth. So, oh, it's so. a little family. Yeah. And then we read that they can eat each other if there isn't any other food. Oh, well, that's oh, nice. yeah. well, So you family. need to feed them. Yeah, you need to keep I think attracting so. those moths. Also, feed yeah. them. Each curious other. how many there were to start with. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what we thought as well. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been a half dozen. Yeah, exactly. I was like, your roommates or your siblings or you're going to fight each other or fuck each other. I don't care. <laughs> but thank you for living in our plastic shed. So, yeah. Hmm. You're right. Well, we should probably get to the shows we plan to talk about today. (laughs) I don't think that we should uh, go long. Did anybody else watch Foundation? I watched one and three quarters. Okay. I would just say that uh, I loved it so much that I started the book, and now I want to talk about it after I read the book. Wait. Oh, my God. Really? Yes. Wow. Wow. You know there's like a bunch of books, right? Huh? Yeah, there's like a lot of books. Yeah, yeah. I know, and I'm in it. I'm I'm, I'm in. Like, I love this. Wait. I want to know what, like... What? How? Like, I, what made you like it so much? Yeah, I'm I don't. Know, I don't really understand it because I've never been like a hard sci-fi person. Right, you're not yeah. Martin Starr. You're not no. into hard sci-fi. <laughs> but it, but it's fascinating. I mean, it's it's gorgeous. First of all, yeah. Is it because of how hot Lee Pace is? No. Yes. See, I mean, the funny thing is that Lee Pace is the the show definitely picked up for me when Lee Pace shows up because he shows up about twenty minutes into the first episode. Right. But. He is in very sci-fi garb, mm. which hides the broad show. I mean, obviously, you know who he is. It's and what Lee he Pace, looks like. right, right? Right, but yeah. it's still like like there are no shirtless scenes of Lee Pace, for example. But don't but you see his forearms? Yeah, I don't think I want Lee Pace shirtless. I just want to know that his body is there, waiting to loom over my. Body. Well, you do you do know that his body's there, and he does okay. loom quite a bit. So I guess he does that's, a lot that's of fine. Loom. That's fine. Yeah. 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 Okay, but sorry, Dustin. So, what appealed to you? No, I, I'm just really fascinated by the idea of like uh, ter- mathematically determining the future or whatever that is. It's just, and I don't know. The, I guess most people read these books in high school or whatever, but you know, we read Shane and other Christian things in the South. <laughs> so. I don't think it was assigned to us in school. No. Yeah. No. Me no. I just like we read it because like we were nerds, but I don't remember it being assigned. It was just never in my, I mean, it was never introduced to me. And right, it right, wasn't right. something that I would even, would have even considered. It. And I just loved it. And then I'm reading it and I'm, I'm loving it there too. Okay. Hmm. Do you right. feel like it syncs up so far with the book in its ideas? Or do you think you're not far well, enough yet? I'm not far enough. I mean, the, okay. I, I, all I've really noticed is the gender switching oh right okay. right yeah what the 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 nominal lead is right. a uh, is a man in the book and is a woman here okay right okay mm. um hmm. one uh one of yeah i i had a i mean i enjoyed it i definitely at the beginning in the first episode i was kind of worried that it was going to fall into that trap of being you know clearly impressive and gorgeous on screen but not but so worried about the world building that that it wouldn't invest in the characters um but i think they did a good job and especially again i i have like a few minutes left of the, the second episode but the the second episode is much more character driven so it it's clearly even in this like giant 
you know, galaxy-spanning story. It's it is focused on on the characters and it makes you want to care about them. So, um, mm. so that was I was impressed by that. And also, uh, I would be uh, I, I I need to mention uh, uh, the obligatory uh, Love Monkey reference. Uh, Terrence Mann <laughs> is in the main cast, and he was in my favorite episode of Love Monkey. So there you go. Um, I saw somebody online said that you know this is the you know the, lots of shows have tried to replicate. Game of, Game Thrones, of Thrones. This mm-hmm. is the first one that had uh, that will be successful, and I, I that, that might be true. What is the uh, Alexander Siddig content? Uh, he was in the first. I don't know if he's going to be in it beyond the first episode, but oh. he has a he has a nice he has a nice like solid section. Basically, he is a prosecutor okay. in a trial, so okay. he has like mm-hmm. a couple meaty moments in that. Okay, um, but. Based on where the story's going, they don't need him to come back if he doesn't. So it may have just been for that scene. That's unfortunate. Um, I, thought I, did, I did see that and I was like, oh, Alexander Siddick. That's cool. Why? When will he get his due, Dan? Uh, was Deep Space Nine not his due? <laughs> Dan. I mean, uh, post Deep Space Nine. <laughs> I'm only saying because, like, he was on a, he was a regular. Yeah, like, Deep Space Nine was years. amazing and he was yeah. great in it, but I, it's like, I want more for this man. Right. But, yeah. Okay. I understand. Right. Dustin, so then what is appealing to you aside from this, like, science shit? Anything else? <laughs> I don't, I, I don't, I just find it, I, I, I really don't understand it. I just really find it fascinating. And, and watching it, I, I liked it so much that I thought, uh, that I want to get uh, Stephen to watch it because I even think a book think purist Stephen, yeah, would I like would be this curious. that yeah. much. Okay, there's nothing Should wrong with it being on Apple for you. You're fine with that. I have no. I love Apple TV Plus. Okay, all right. I don't have anything. I don't know. You can't hate <laughs> Apple TV Plus and not hate everything else. Well, they're all horrible corporations. I don't know why Apple's any worse than. HBO or I mean does HBO okay whatever Dan were you going to do <laughs> no uh, I I think that there there's no there's no way to yeah have you read it Dan I have not uh, okay. I am uh, despite the fact that I do enjoy science fiction film and television I am uh, basically illiterate I'm like functionally illiterate when it comes to science fiction uh, text but you could also say that about pretty much all books. Oh my god, so, Dan! Um, I, books are hard. They're so no. long, and it's all just no, words love... that I have Didn't to read. Did you just say that you watched like a million seasons of Survivor? That's yeah. so long. No, television DC, you just sit there and let it wash over you. Oh you know, I think it's passive problem... entertainment. It's not active entertainment. When I watch, when I end up watching sci-fi that's like really accessible, I really love it. And I think the problem with uh, sci-fi lit is that the road that I went down first was somebody made me read uh, Snow Crasher. Snow Crash. Snow, Snow Crash. Crash. Yeah, Neil, I don't know what that is. Snow no. Crash. Neil Snow Stevenson. Crash. No Snow yeah. Crash. Is that right? Yes. And I just hated it, and then that I associated that with sci-fi forever. What is this? I've never even heard of this. It's like a... I've never read it, obviously. Have I? uh, Yeah, you must have. Yeah, it's Neil Stevenson. It's, um... Oh, God. 
Tori's the smartest out of all of us, so I need to. No, that's not. No, but I read it so long ago that I'm trying. I'm like. Okay, I will hold on. I will request it from the library. I don't can't believe that was terrible. I would have imagined. No, it's not. Don't a don't listen to Dustin. Right? She, I'm, yeah. I don't understand um, how anybody has time to read books. Like that's the thing. Like okay. you gotta, you gotta I, re- reading books. It's like a it's like a one. You can't do anything else while you're reading a book. No, like, while I'm thing. watching TV, I'm, I can do something else. Then, yeah, then I'm you're an not audible really person. watching TV. Exactly. I'm listening to the radio with pictures oh playing. Dan, don't you take walks? Yeah. Then get Audible. That's podcast time. All right. Well, so okay. Well, you have to pick one or the other, and I pick both. But I choose podcasts. Um, I will say take more walks. Dustin probably hated it because it's <laughs> the the plot of it is about uh, the Sumerian language as a firmware programming language for the brainstem. Oh, that oh, sounds horrible. Actually. Well, there's a lot that goes on. I mean, it's like the main character is named Hero Protagonist, and like uh, he's, uh, like it's a hacker, and there's pizza uh, delivery and all this other stuff, and then there's like a like hmm. a I don't know. There's a there's like mafia. It's very. I think it was trying to be um, Blade Runner, but like oh, okay. with a very '90s sort of. Um, uh, hacker's bent kind of thing mm-hmm. okay but why would so. you be blade burner when philip k dick already wrote <laughs> right yeah right. but okay. it's you know okay, okay. i will say i read starship troopers in mm-hmm. high school and i mm-hmm. did not understand it the other thing is it's not that it's about it, it was much more about computer programming okay yeah see that so yeah. that's yeah. that's like the okay. angle on it yeah that actually that's... sounds like something i would enjoy <laughs> It's yeah. A, it's good. <laughs> like Dustin's Wait, wrong, Dan. Dustin has Dustin read Starship Troopers? No, I haven't. What was that okay. other one? Neuromancer? I think I read that. Oh my god. Well, yeah, which is also very. Did you like it? No. Yeah. Of oh, course okay. you. Yeah, you hated it. Wait, have you read any Philip K. Dick? Uh, uh probably. No, that means no. no. You didn't. That means but, no. If your introduction. Yeah, like if 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 you thought that all sci-fi was Snow Crash, like of course, like that's well, not it, it, that is a reaction to sci-fi. That yes. was like a progression of it. Like yeah, no, yeah. All. Like I guess I guess it's good that he's actually reading Foundation because like that is you know a seminal text. So, yeah, yeah, that's good. But have also you read, read Philip K. Dick. I have. Yeah, have read, you read Dune? I haven't read Dune. No. <laughs> Uh, you should totally read Dune. You know what I like? I like good multi-generational family stories. That's well, what that's I what re- Dune is, actually. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, it yeah. is? Yes. It goes oh, on those are my many generations. favorite books. <laughs> yes. No, I mean, Tori is not leading you astray. That's essentially what Dune is. It's about picking up a flawed, corrupt generational legacy and attempting to fix it with the people you fucked over. Which, you know, are always brown people. Always, always brown people. But Kurt says there's a lot of sand in it. There's a lot of sand in it because it's about the desert planet. Oh my god. Yes. Tori, why did you do this? You did this just to bother me. Yeah. Oh, god. Well, okay. Because someday maybe he'll actually read it and then you can have a real discussion with him about Dune. I'm mostly curious if he would also hate it or if he loved it and I don't know which one I want more. 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I already have Steven to talk about with these things. Do I need you guys? So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's move on to a topic that we can all discuss finally, I think. Because I think we've all seen at least a little bit of Midnight Mass. Yes, right? I think so. I, I've only seen one episode, but I am excited to watch the rest. But I watched um, it all. But I, I will. watched it all. I you guys are all the experts, so, yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah, it's okay. So Dan, you don't care that we're gonna like go in depth and like. Oh no no! Please please go ahead. Because I, I read the the article that you posted and it that actually made me more excited to watch the rest of it because. Oh good. Um, the how personal the story is to uh, Mike Flanagan was right. Uh, warmed my warmed my heart. Aww, very you're sweet. Not, you're not a villain. I'm not a well not this week. Not I mean, this week. Books aside, yeah. Right. <laughs> aside from your clear hatred for reading. Reading is hard, you know? Like, it's so it, much... Isn't it part of your job? Yeah, but that's TV stuff. TV stuff is easy to read. Yeah. Okay, actually, I have a very practical question <laughs> for you, Dan. As a television writer. Yes. How many script pages... Oh, no, because you haven't gotten far enough in. I want to know, because there's one of the one of the things that happens in, in the show, in Midnight Mass, is that, characters, is that characters do a lot of monologues. Okay. And I'm trying to think if there's a good one in the first episode. The but first episode know. monologue was like the mother's monologue. That's the longest one, I think. Yeah, and that wasn't... I don't even it was remember okay. that one. Yeah, it, but it wasn't one of the big ones. But, mm. but so how long was that monologue like in pages like if you were if like that actor was like getting the script and having to learn those lines like oh um i i didn't i don't actually remember how long that monologue was but the the average kind of like shorthand math is one page equals one minute okay um in a script not not necessarily in terms of like if it was just dialogue it would be longer but but the a script will tend to average out as one page equals one minute. Right. Okay. Because um, I'm trying to figure out how many pages some of these moments in the show where a character just kind of like talks. Because right. it's like they're always two person scenes. Right. Like it should be a dialogue, but it isn't. Right. Because the other person waits politely. Yes. Right. And doesn't and, interrupt. The... And, and some of that depends on, I don't know, I've never seen a, a Mike Flanagan script myself, so I don't know how much uh, uh, scene direction he puts in as far as, like, right. what the other character's doing or what they're doing while they're talking or, you know, so, like, um, there there is a, there there is kind of, like, a school of thought, which, whether it's right or wrong, I don't know, but, like, the idea is that, like, if the block of text for a monologue is too big... That the the actor's brain will melt because it will because 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 it just or or or, or not just the actor sorry I I didn't mean it that way but like like if you're reading it even as like a as like an executive trying to give notes or a producer trying to give notes yeah. or a director or whatever like you see that long giant chunk of text and you will just like you will be like I don't understand because this is just one long block so you yeah, can you just like split it up so you split it up with you know oh so and so picks up the tea kettle or whatever okay. Um, which I don't know if, if he does or doesn't do that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but, but to, yeah, just, just to say like it, it doesn't, so, so it could be 
much longer or could be much shorter, just depending on depending on how many of those kind of yeah yeah. Because I know if it was like a conversation, it, you know, with spacing and everything, it would like stretch on for a number of pages. But right, like, right, right. Yeah, when it's one person talking, because like in my head, there are some like five page, <laughs> like yeah. just there and there may be yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay. There's a lot of uninterrupted, just Dot, like, here's like, my opinion speech. on a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of them are very well written. But yeah, there it's definitely like you just kind of get used to the rhythm of like, oh, there are two people in this scene. One of them is going to talk uninterrupted for a couple minutes. Right. right. While the other, as Tori said, just looks at them nicely. <laughs> Does not interject. Because yeah. you have a problem with that? No. I did. I I, I did. Some of them, I think, were more interesting than others. Um, I, I do think that the just the fact that the other person didn't interrupt was one of the biggest, like, moments where I had to suspend my disbelief. Um, and that's kind of, which in some ways is impressive, considering it's a show about, like, the cult of Christianity and, like, a, a vampire. So, like, <laughs> all of that I bought totally. I was like, no, this all, like, the, oh, yeah, no, blood in the communion. Like, this is, this is fine. Like, but I right. cannot believe these people got through all of that without being interrupted by the person that they're talking to. <laughs> Not even just to, like, nod and say, mm-hmm. Not even just to be like, hey, man, I gotta go to the bathroom. Can yeah. you hold this thought? Are you okay? Yeah. Um, no, I didn't. It's something, so I'm, I'm in the middle of writing my review, so I'm a little bit like, it was something I was struggling with today, because there are a lot of things in the show that are, are, that could be weaknesses, but the more I think about them, the more I'm like, I don't know if I like it, but I know the intent behind it, and I respect it. Mm-hmm. And so with the monologues, sometimes it definitely was like, okay, it's like, this is this is a lot and this person I'm just less interested in their way of thinking than, than others. Uh, but for a show that's about faith, there are key moments where most of the main characters have a chance to, to what the monologues do is give them kind of this, this opportunity to maybe not share their entire personal philosophy, but to give a very like uh, meaningful insight into what they believe. And so, like, while the show is a lot about how, like, it's easy for organized religion to go wrong, it also makes this space for, for it to emphasize, like, the personal journey. Like, faith isn't a monolith. Like, we all have our own individual view on this stuff, and these speeches, these, these moments give all of these different characters a chance to share their own. Um, and in doing so, kind of highlights... What it shakes out to is a lot of the the kind of Christian characters, especially like the father, like a lot of their speeches end with sort of like it's God's plan. So they can have all of this talk, but it's still there is a finite end point to their reasoning. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a it's an argument killer. Um, whereas some of the characters who are more like uh, like uh, Zach Guilford from. Friday Night Lights. Saracen! Saracen! Saracen. Uh, Saracen's character, whose name is Riley, but I'm probably going to keep calling him Saracen. Saracen. gray hair never, has never, nothing has made me feel as old as seeing him with gray hair. Oh, he was so hot in this, though. Anyway, um, (laughs) he, his character kind of is the one who has, like, rejected the faith and is pursued, and and he kind of comes at it from this rational point of view. And when he's talking about his beliefs or, like, what he thinks happens when he dies, like, his view of just, you know, 
you know, I have a long dream and my body is breaking down and all the microorganisms in me continue to thrive and my particles like rejoin, disintegrate, disintegrate rejoin the earth. Yeah. And it's his, like the idea, I think there's something that happens a lot with faces is this idea that like t- finding an idea that gives you comfort. So if you're afraid of the afterlife or if you're afraid of like what your purpose is in the world, um, and you find comfort in religion in this idea of God and what the speeches do is like his, the rational point of view, like my purpose is like the fact that every, it doesn't matter if I exist or not. Like my particles will rejoin. Like there, my purpose is just being a part of something larger. Like that is a, the way that speech is given, it is so much more comforting than the counterpart speech, which is just like heaven is love. Yes. <laughs> and so I, it's the comparison of them yeah. that gets inter- interesting. Mm-hmm. That speech was very like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> you didn't like that one? I liked his part of it. I found her part of it. It was terrible. Expected, yeah. And yeah. again, just back on my bullshit, we do not get that sort of speech for the sheriff character. So No, his is much more of a social. Yes. Like his, his... is not, yeah. It, I had I have some opinions on that. I will say though, he is the one that gets at one of the most important parts, like in in terms of how to to unpack the show. It comes early on, and it's from his character, which is the the where they're having the meeting about whether they should be handing out the Bibles in school. Right. And he's the one that kind of points out, like, well, no, as a Muslim, like I do believe in the Bible. That is sure. one of one of the texts, but also like. I believe that it is flawed by human interpretation. And that to me, like that, that idea of like human, where the problems come in is, is the human interaction with like, it's not the pure thing. Like that to me is what the show is. It's like humans are the ones who get it wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I think my issue with that though, is that, in a lot of ways, I feel like the Muslim characters only served as foils, and it didn't matter that they were Muslim. Like, it mm. felt to me like they also could have been Jewish or Buddhist or... Oh, yeah. Whatever. Something else that just wasn't Catholic. So mm. his being like, oh, yeah, like, of course we recognize Jesus, to me felt more like an explanation of, like, a core belief in Islam rather than a reflection of his personal journey and relationship with his religion, which is what a lot of the Catholic people got to explain. So it felt to me like a person who was not Muslim writing something sort of obvious about Islam. But that was also not one of the monologues. Like that scene, I just meant like his character got to express like a, a, but ultimately, into he doesn't. Something. He never he, gets that. He never yeah. gets him out. Well, yeah, he never Later gets on, it's about him being Muslim in terms of a, like a post 9-11 society. It Correct. has nothing to do with his, his journey of faith yes. as a Muslim. Yes. It is, again, about the idea of Islam, terrorism. Those two things are tied together. And even the character that you make a Muslim never escapes the terrorist stereotype that you are trying to push against with your show 
So it sort of felt like it was just like a trap that they wrote themselves into <laughs> in terms yeah. of like, I was very pleased, again, I'm always pleased to see a Muslim character. I think showing Muslim people praying is like very important just in terms of like normalizing it on television. But it was, it did feel very much like it didn't matter what they were they could have been anything aside from catholic and the point would have still stood in terms of this story yeah 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 so it's like it's like the thing with like spoiler alert it's like with bev keen calling him a terrorist i was like okay you know like it didn't have impact for me she was was gonna she was gonna hate anyone yeah like she was gonna hate anyone so it just it sort of felt like going for like the most obvious course of action for a character that I thought, you know, could have had more nuance than that. I was curious, like, the reality, because, like, so his backstory, which is, again, like, his one monologue, real monologue, is this right. backstory of how he became a cop and how he ended right. up on this island, which, again, is is not about his faith. It's all about this, like, um, but it's how he got promoted in the NYPD post 9-11 because right. they needed people who spoke you know, language and and mm-hmm. and but then after a while the backlash and that was the part i didn't I, it, I, i'm assuming it was true like this uh, idea that like you had certain muslim officers that rose really high quickly but then people thought like you know other further higher ups the the backlash fear of like oh no what if they're like you know, actually infil- plants or whatever yeah that they're planted yeah. or infiltrated and then they start like you know getting knocked back down into like um you know beat cops or something like. right right i don't know how true that is i mean i'm sure relegated is the word you're looking for towards <laughs> god damn it dustin like, dustin's just been waiting for that I like I could very well see it happening, but I could also sort of see that being like a homeland narrative that we right. have, you know, pursued or whatever. Um, you could also say that he was a race trader for being a cop at all. But um, you know, I mean <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. We're I mean this is getting very in the weeds. Let's talk about the show more generally. Tori, you're reviewing it. What are your thoughts? Oh god. Um that's what I'm struggling with. Um, no, so it's just so good. I really liked it, and that's part of it. Is I'm I'm trying to so the religion stuff. I have a hard time. So you can't not talk about religion when you're talking about the show. It is all about faith and religion, and the hypocrisy of of Christianity. But the way the show does it, and this is where I find it a lot easier for me to kind of interact with it. Because, like, I'm not a churchgoer. I'm not whatever. Um, But the way the show... To me, the smartest thing the show does is it casts um, the uh, Christianity... or It casts the church in the role that uh, paganism often plays in folk horror. Mm -hmm. So if if you're looking at, like, the Wicker Man or, you know, like, there are these... um, In the subgenre of folk horror... It's usually about kind of modern man, like modernity coming up face to face with this idea of old gods or old ways. Midsummer, I mean, to make, midsummer make the most, is that yeah. right? More recent, like this is you know right. we're still making folk horror. So to me, yeah. mid, you know, Midnight Mass is a folk horror tale, but it's not you know the occult as we normally would envision it 
it is truly like just trying by putting the uh, the church in that role that it would that the occult would play in mm -hmm. a folk horror tale. It kind of emphasizes how these rituals are not that different <laughs> than you know if it was satanic or witches or whatever. Like that, right. it, like it because often in folk horror the. Christians are are representing modern, modernity. They're the one the the new way that is coming up against the old gods. Mm -hmm. And here it's like, no, no, no. You guys are the old gods, <laughs> and the new way is just atheism or rationality or like something that does not require a view of the world that does not require um, organi organized religion. Right that might be more science-based, but is still a valid path of belief. And so I thought that that was a really clever way of um, using the tropes of the genre okay. to, to enter into this tale. Um, but, you know, and then you add a vampire, so. <laughs> <laughs> Which I also loved, I'm let sure me be clear. <laughs> um, and I think we talked about this a bit. Like, so I, I'm curious. So, Dustin, you watched all of it. Yes. Did you feel like there were any twists? Or were all of the re reveals pretty well telegraphed? Like, you you kind of knew what was happening. Like, w did anything, were there any moments that surprised you? Or did you kind of see everything coming? Yeah, I think I saw everything coming, but not in a bad way. No. No, no. No, it's not a bad way. I think reveals can be good. You know, it's, I appreciate when a show establishes something rather than it feeling like it's coming out of left field. Um, I just, I think some people were calling things twists in it. I'm like, it's wasn't wasn't a twist. Yeah, I <laughs> was, don't. Yeah, I don't. Was, um, I just thought the performances. I the performances were outstanding. I just I love the monologues. Really? Yeah. I mean, All of them? Well, every single one? Every single one? <laughs> I don't know that I can recall every single one, but I, I, mm. you don't, I just, you don't see that very no. often anymore. And it's, it was kind of nice just to have those. And just like long conversations about religion or yeah. monologues about religion. And I don't know, it's just, I feel like that's a very, uh, just nothing we see anymore. It's like a, a relic of like seventies or eighties movies or something. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm, like I said, I don't hate them. I think some were more effective than others, and I do think that you needed a lot of them to be able to compare. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I do think it's not something that like one or two would have communicated. But yeah, I mean, like it, it just really comes down to your personal tolerance level. <laughs> Like, I mean, after a certain point, like, Is this yeah. the first time? I mean, it can't possibly be the first time that a vampire has been an angel. Confused. I mean, that was, like, a fascinating thing to me, because I've never seen it, even though it's very obvious. I mean... I don't... I think in... I think in Anne Rice's interview with the Vampire series that idea is very explicitly played with mm. um, because there is the sense of like eternal life and being close to God and various shared qualities. And I will be honest that I 
sort of just thought it was a demon rather than a vampire. Not like those are different things necessarily. Um, but I did find it very interesting that it was found in a cave in the desert outside of Jerusalem. Mm. Um, <laughs> whatever. I, uh, I'm just saying it was a Palestinian vampire and I think that's fucked up. But, um... <laughs> No, but I, I don't think there's necessarily been that specific thing, but I, I do think the idea of, like, angels being monstrous has been talked about before. Um, like, in Philip Pullman's His Dark Material series, in the third book, um, when, like, the main characters are, like, waging a war against Metatron and God, there is a yeah. lot of discussion of, like, Metatron as an angel being monstrous and almost like impossible to behold because of um like his strength and size and just not being something that like the human mind can comprehend that happens in supernatural remember when castiel Uh. kept burning people's (laughs) eyes out they couldn't they couldn't look at him yeah so i think there is i mean i think it's (laughs) smart to like look at religion again as something that like has shaped our morality because a lot of it is horror stories right like a lot of it is like here's some fucked up shit that happened that we accept as having had happened that if you really think about either doesn't make sense or requires like a test of your will and i think that's where bev keen is such a perfect horrible fucking character because she can just like whip out scripture that defends anything she does. Anything she wants to do. Anything she wants to do with her Mm. can I talk to your manager voice. So (laughs) like I think that I think that horror has done this before. I just don't know. Well not that I don't know. I mean it hasn't been done in a streaming format in a way that also straddles like philosophical existential questions. Um that deal with what Flanagan deals with all the time, which is like guilt, regret, collapsing communities, right. people that have been forgotten. Like he loves that shit, right? So this was just a larger way to grapple with that. But it's also like what what is particular about his his takes on these things is that he roots it in in the in the human experience so that the supernatural is is truly secondary. Yeah. So, like, it's not the idea that, like, oh, we're mistaking a... a, The the show is not about somebody who mistook a vampire for an angel. The show is about a man who... It's really more about that mistaking that that Monsignor Pruitt, or Father Paul, as you find out. Like, he... His... The way that he tricked himself... Like right. a man who knows the Bible, who should be well versed in the signs, and yes, like angels can be monstrous, but also, I mean, to me, the telling thing is he he sees this demon or vampire or whatever you want to call it, like, and it won't enter the sunlight. Right. And every and they they make a point of talking about certain um, signs or messages that come from God, at, like in the scripture. And it's always something about the imagery of light. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that this creature, like, can't enter the light, and he still thought it was an angel. Right. Like, so he is so, he, he's so desperate. He convinces himself that it's what he wants to believe, 
and unleashes everything. Like it's all human fallibility. Everyone finds a way, Bev Keen being the, the prime example, but by the end, the whole community finds ways to justify their, their instincts, the thing that they want. They kind of go, oh no, well, this is God's will. I can burn the town down because I can, you know, I can attack because I'm chosen. I can whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the supernatural is beside the point. It's all about what the people do with it. And that is a very Mike Flanagan take on this kind of story. I mean, to be frank, everybody's a selfish asshole. Well, exactly. But that's <laughs> the truth. And it's, yeah. it's the true in the story, but it's also just sort of like, that is what horror can reveal about the human nature. It's just that most horror does right. it a lot more metaphorically. Right. Whereas, like, Mike Flanagan kind of goes, yeah, 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 I mean, we've got the monster, but, like, we don't need a metaphor. We can just show people really being assholes. Right. Because everybody just takes it as, I'm special, and therefore I deserve a miracle. And so I think that the show is very interesting in, like, toying with your sympathies as to, like, who deserves this, right? right. Like, who... Of course, you would think the teenage girl who becomes paralyzed because of an irresponsible man, well, she deserves a miracle, sure. But, like, who else? And what would you do to maintain that miracle? And who would you kill? Or what things would you betray? And, honestly, Adam quit after Pike died. Oh, yeah, that was rough. But also the flip side, which is, like, Riley, so, you know, Saracen is the most obvious sinner on that island. Like he, he is a recovering alcoholic who went to prison for, you know, killing a teenager in a, because he fell asleep. Drunk driving accident. Drunk driving accident. Like it's not a good backstory and he is literally haunted by it. Um, And he is the character that is capable of the most tangible moment of pure grace. Yeah. That the show demonstrates. And he is the one that is spouting science. Like, he has right. lost faith in, you know, any religion. Right. Um, and, and he has the one pure act of grace in the whole show. So it's this flip side of the people who believe that they are chosen, that believe that they are good, can't recognize the wrongness of their works. But then the ones that should be the outcasts, the, the, the sinners or, you know, <laughs> or in the sheriff's case, just outcasts because he is Muslim. Right. They are the ones that, as outsiders, are capable of sacrifice and do the most good. Right. It's basically like the non-believers, the Muslims, and the gays are the ones who mm-hmm. like come together to attempt to save whatever humanity is left yeah. in the town. Um, which, yeah, I mean, I would say probably the scene that impacted me the most was what happens to Riley or what he chooses to do rather what he chooses to do yeah yeah how yeah. good was Saracen I thought he was like I don't know what I'm saying I think he was great like Who I think knew I thought he, he was washed him. up after I mean he was on good girls for a while but I haven't really seen him since that oh uh, Alexis was he on Parenthood did I make that up uh maybe I made that up yeah I maybe yeah I think maybe uh May Whitman I think no, no. It was because of yeah, wasn't he dating Mae Whitman's character? No, that's in Good Girls. He dates they're married. Oh. Okay. Well, regardless, yeah, I mean like I think he was great. I think I think every I don't think any of the acting was bad. I think some of it was fucking goofy 
because of the conceit of making people age backward. Yeah. So, that was weird. Yeah. yeah. So I think like some of it, you're just like, okay, yeah, you're a 20 year old person in like 40 years of aging makeup. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. And it is disconcerting in the first like episode or two before right. you finally, like it clicks like, oh, right. this is what they're doing. Like right. why is Henry Thomas like so like in bad old makeup yeah and i will also admit that the demon slash vampire freaked me out and i had a good Mm -hmm. amount of nightmares Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. that i i guess this is the highest compliment i can pay a show and it's something that i've said before is like i don't think i enjoyed it but i want to watch it again if that makes sense like for me the catholic i didn't need that many catholic rituals in real time like that was something that like actively dragged for me and I think that my issue is that I think that Flanagan thought to fully become like immersed in this world and understand how people would like go along with it and like be enamored with these rituals we had to go along with it and I did not need that (laughs) so so I've been thinking about that and I think I mentioned this to you as well um so I watched the show with my husband Mm -hmm. and he is a former altar boy Mm-hmm. And so it was particularly unsettling for me because the whole time I'm on the couch and we're watching all of these, you know, rituals and ceremonies over and over and over again, he's reciting everything along with Hamish Linklater's character. Right. Um, he knows all the words to all the ceremonies. Mm-hmm. And so that was like a little creepy. But, <laughs> but you know, he's like, no, I really like you do this all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was part of it was just the the reality of of. Christianity, like you know, if you are someone who goes weekly or daily or like shows your devotion on the schedule that you are supposed to, like you know, is it tedious? Yes, as a viewer, but also like I imagine for the people who just genuinely do this, like it was just like you know, I, I took it as like oh, trying to emphasize through repetition. Um, you know how the more you look at something, the more alien it, it appears. So it's like the more times you see people take communion and they think that it's blood and it really is blood actually. And like, right. it's just disgusting. And the more you see that, like the more horrifying it becomes. But there was a pure, but you know, for some people it was even simpler than that. It was just like, no, that's what being Christian is like. Like you really just go all the time. <laughs> But then again, my flip side of that is that then we should have gotten a full Muslim prayer at least once. That's if you're fair. If you're making Muslim prayer like an important component of this father and this son and their relationship, and you're making it that Ali falls out of favor with the Muslim faith and decides that he might align more with Catholicism, then I think, again, you need to show us at least one full Muslim ritual. Because otherwise, then, to me, it is just like, well, shit, man, this could have been anything. So I but just... I'm not sure we saw any full... I mean, we saw a lot of Christian, but we never saw them in full. Really? That shit goes on for longer? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that is part of it. I do, I do agree. They definitely could have offered up, you know, even if it wasn't, like, show, yeah, showing it at least once in more depth and a little bit more, like, exploration of what it meant yeah. as a comparison point. But yeah. yeah, I mean, even even though we saw a whole lot of those Christian rituals, like we did not mm-hmm. see a full church service. Oh my god, <laughs> felt, like, felt like forever. Catholic are <laughs> really like did. miserable. Yeah. Ugh. Does anybody yeah. have a favorite scene or a favorite episode of the seven? 
I really did like that Guilford monologue. Mm-hmm. About what happens when you die or on mm-hmm. the boat? Uh, what happens when you, when you die. Yeah. And the boat was good, too, but what happens when you die was just fucking fantastic. That was good. I did like that. <sighs> and the way Aaron Greens echoes it at the end. Yeah. And, like, where we find purpose and just the idea of, like, actually, we don't even need to cling to ourselves that much. Like, it's okay. <laughs> like, yeah. It's okay to just, like, be a bunch of particles. <laughs> also, the sheriff's accent was the sexiest thing I've heard since Michelle Dockery's <laughs> accent and Godless. <laughs> Seriously. I do, like, I do like Dustin's latent bisexuality just coming out <laughs> mm. in response to streaming television. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I liked the sheriff's relationship. Well, here's okay. Two things again, just to complain. One, I don't I don't like that Sheriff Hassan didn't have a last name until Rahul Cooley suggested one. That's another one of those things where I'm like, you've put so much care into other characters. You have full names. You have backstories. Like you couldn't even give Sheriff Hassan a last name until the actor suggested it. Yeah. Um, but I did love that character's relationship with Joe Coley and I felt like that was a perfect example of something that like Flanagan does very well in his shows which is unite people based on like shared otherness or shared grief or shared regret and like how those sort of emotions and affects can transcend like everything else about your life to like form a bond that you didn't anticipate yeah um so then I think, like, Joe Coley's death was probably the thing that fucked me up the most. Hmm. Yeah, that was a bad one. Yeah, that was not great. Yeah. Tori, what about you? Anything you particularly liked? Uh, I really did like um, the Riley scene on the boat and the way that all kind of came together with his... Uh, with his reoccurring dreams. Yeah. I also, I do think, and this is something... I love the way, and it's a bit of a Haunting of Hill House callback, but the, mm-hmm. just the, or or the other haunting shows, Bly Manor did it too, but the, the fact that he's haunted by the girl he killed. Yeah. And it's just, he's always having this vision, and the way they depict her, where it's like, no matter what the setting is, she's still, like, the glass embedded in her face is flashing the, the, the police lights, the siren lights. Um it was such a strong visual mm-hmm. and in, in an interesting way, like to like, cause that's bold. Like your point of view character who doesn't make it through the whole show um, and is introduced on the worst night of his life. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think like considering he Flanagan's previous work has, has so looked at like the idea of, you know, literal hauntings versus just like the regrets that we carry with us and having that just thematically kind of carry over into this show even though it's not going to be a ghost story Mm -hmm. but understanding that like you know it's an important way in point for understanding Riley and what he's facing and the in the very particular the way he is othered just by his own regret and his own guilt and like his own actions how closed off he becomes from himself and from others exactly yeah um and it's like well yeah <laughs> if i yeah. was seeing that every night like i would absolutely you know and, yeah. and you can't fault him you're not like oh get over it like it's really hard for you to sit there and go like you deserve a fresh start right um 
and so like because you see it and it's a, and it's a motif for his character when he does make that sacrifice it's so earned mm-hmm. and like i think it just it it's a great to yeah to me it just like all of everything with his character paid off much better than i expected it to yeah i will say the only thing that well not the only thing because i've said various things that have disappointed me (laughs) um although i you know i overall liked it i think is i i do wish visually i that it was more inventive like something that i loved with the preceding haunting shows obviously because they're about hauntings is because there were so many like hidden things in each frame and it felt like Mm -hmm. with every like composition you could freeze it and be like oh shit there's like a ghost back there um like i liked that sort of visual storytelling flair i i i can understand if people thought it was was a gimmick after a little while but there just wasn't a lot of that or any of that in this it just felt very visually you straightforward you or didn't maybe think i missed the eyes, something you didn't think the eyes were that no mm-hmm. not really because i felt like the eyes were I felt like you noticed the eyes once the characters were already established to be vampires. Oh, so that, no, I didn't mean that. I, I, oh, I guess I mean bad. the progression of it, like where you, they start with the cats. Sure. So like they're the cats on the, on the island. And so you, right. the, you learn how to look for the eyes. Right. Because these cats are in the background and then they kill off all the cats. Right. And, and when you, you start, see the and then figure. Well, you start eyes. seeing the figure, yeah, like in right. the darkness for a couple of episodes before characters are becoming vampires. And so, like, you learn and you know for a fact that, like, the cats are gone, so there is something else with those eyes. And then seeing it like a virus kind of then... But see, that again to me felt like an intentional reveal. We're trained to look for the cats. The cats serve their purpose and are killed off. We see the guy, we see the vampire demon in that abandoned house with the flashing lights. We see him attack a bowl. And then eventually we also see him. It didn't feel like I was looking for there, hidden things in the same way. Oh, there were a couple moments before you have the reveal that the monster is on the island mm-hmm. where you know something is on the island and you only see the eyes. Oh, I don't that goes on that for like all. an episode or two before yeah, does. Yeah. Bowl is killed. And there are a couple of, because it's like where there's like a, a couple of scenes where different characters look out their window. Yeah, the sheriff like jumps out of his... Ju- yeah, the yeah. sheriff jumps, Aaron sees it, like they they all kind of have but, their but own that's, moment. Okay, but that's what I'm saying. The characters see the, him, But then right? the camera, the camera does it too and it's... Okay. There's okay. a moment, there's always like, and you kind of, because we kept going back to double check it, because it's like, you would look at the frame and you wouldn't mm-hmm. notice it, and then the, the figure would shift, and that's where you could just barely see the eyes move. Okay. And see, you're like, I oh, didn't, sh-. Okay, I didn't pick up on any of this. I saw the times that the characters saw that figure, like when they're on the island, when the teens are on the island... Riley's younger brother like sees the flashing eyes and then obviously yeah the sheriff sees it at his door you do see when Riley sees the figure on the beach and then when Aaron hears the figure like on her roof all of that stuff I noticed I did not notice that there were other times that you see the eyes before yeah he's revealed okay okay yeah um 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that I mean that kind of worked for me. It's not to the extent that the ghosts in, in Haunting of Hill House worked, right. but I don't think Bly Manor did it that much either. I think it did. I it kind of less. Yes, it did it less so. Yeah, because I mean, again, I really that wasn't did. as yeah. much about the ghosts. It was about, right. Yeah. I mean, I definitely would love if there was more of that, but... I just want yeah. ghosts, Tori. I, mean, I know. I want ghosts. I want a lot of ghosts. But, like, vampire that was, like, really into sucking blood did not do it for me as much as but, ghosts. But, Rocky, he really enjoyed it. He really enjoyed it. Adam, Adam, at a certain point... So, Adam was no longer actively watching, but he sat <laughs> with me in case I got scared. He was just, like, on his phone the whole time. And one time he looked over and he was like... That vampire is too into the blood sucking. <laughs> it was like very sexual. It was like very uncomfortable to watch, which of course is the point. But yeah. I was into it. Were wait, you? Were you? Wait, can we end on like on the most important question, please? Is uh, Hamish Linklater the new hot priest? Yeah, obviously. Really? Obviously, okay. How did we yes. have this entire conversation right. without even no. talking about Hamish's performance? Sorry. <laughs> he was great, but I didn't think he was hot. He's oh, he's 100% hot. Oh, he's See, very Dustin, hot. This is Dustin, didn't never... you like the newsroom, Dustin? I did oh like God. the newsroom. Yeah. Well, Shut up. God. He was so hot in his little jeans. And I love the fact that he, as much as like Bev proves to be the actual villain of the show, like he ends up being like, I'm ready for him to be awful and like he ends up being he's sympathetic throughout but he like also he makes sucks. huge mis- well no he makes huge mistakes yeah but also it's also a, one of those tricky things of like let's remember we never see it but he started the show technically as like an 85 year old man with dementia and we just happen to see him as like young and invigorated and that's how I, we meet him but like I, like a lot of his decisions but i don't know i felt i felt but i guess but see him. this is my question is like did he still have dementia when he made the choice to like smuggle a vampire in his luggage no that he wouldn't have but by then he'd already he believed he tr- he had the to him evidence of a miracle he'd already been become young so mm. he's like i will bring this gift back mm. Do and we, then he comes to regret it, so. Do we think that he and the vampire, like, talked? Like, do you think the vampire talks? I don't think the vampire says anything. Okay. Also, the one that is all, one thing that does bother me, but I think it would bother Wait, me if it was a demon. I have a, a follow-up question. Why does the vampire wear clothes? Well, so that ties into my one thing. Like, oh, the one, So you don't no, see the his one, penis. The one break from... He doesn't, he doesn't have a penis. Why doesn't a vampire have a penis? No, I'm saying in well, this he's a show. Bat. No, in this show he does not have a penis because when he is like backing away from Aaron after she's like stabbed yeah. his wings a bunch, if you freeze frame, which you know, if you <laughs> not read, saying you did, but yeah, <laughs> it's it's like Barbie smooth down there. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, so he so the one break from like most vampire tropes is that he doesn't have he's not afraid of crosses. Yes, and so that's, that's why true. he can wear the vestments. Everything else, it's like the blood, you know, the burning in sunlight, the, right. you know, transmission via, like, blood, blood transfusion, like, yeah. all of that. Everything is, like, textbook vampire, except for the fact that, like, obviously being in a church, being around crosses, right. all, none of that is a problem. But I feel like that would also have been a problem if it was a demon. Yeah, probably. Because demon lore, it's like he wouldn't have been able to walk into the church Yeah, either. he wouldn't even... I mean, it is one of those things where it's like if he transcends time, 
and like who cares and not transcends but like is older than organized religion it's like well, exactly who, yeah it's like who cares about this shit um yeah. here's I, I, an interesting thing yeah but Tori why does he dress in Monsignor Pruitt's clothes for his nighttime walks because I think those are the only clothes that Pruitt had around. But why does the vampire need clothes to, like, walk around town? So he doesn't, to hide his wings. But why does he need to walk around town? We see him flying in other scenes. Why is he just walking around? Because people start to notice the giant man bat flying. But he's introduced wearing the clothes. Yeah, he was out for a stroll. Oh my Look, God. we all gotta get our steps. Dan, what were you going to say? I I was going to say that uh, having watched one episode of this show, Mm -hmm. uh, it it sounds, I feel like I watched the wrong show because it feels like it turns into something very different than than what I've been led to believe after one episode. I think the first episode is a slog. I really do. It it it's it was slow, uh, but I did. I mean, I I enjoyed the. I enjoyed the performances. I liked the sense of place. Right. Um, and uh, also, I've been furiously uh, looking at IMDb for any time you guys have mentioned, oh, when so-and-so was killed, I was like, oh, which character was that? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's fine. Th- that's okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the first episode is a slog, but then I think two ends really strong, and then I think five is, like, great. Four and hmm. five are great. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then I think it sort of ends with like, hmm. yeah. I kind of, I like the ending. I didn't mind it. Tori, I, you really liked this show. I did. Okay. <laughs> I'm I, I did, but not in the ways I went into it expecting. Because it wasn't as, as scary. Like, I wanted, I was expecting some like, which I shouldn't have, but I, yeah, I was expecting more like gore like more like hard scares and it it really wasn't that it was much more emotionally touching which is why dustin loves it yeah but i liked hill house and bly manor but both of those were psychological dramas with a couple ghosts well i also you know comparatively speaking and when you look at the uh horror series scariest but yeah yeah when you look at like horror series available to us it's like ryan murphy and then mike flanagan and it's like no contact because oh, I yeah. think one of them is actually, I mean, is is American Horror Story actually scary or is it just campy? I never thought that it's it was campy. actually scary. Yeah. Right? That no, is true, but it, the, there's nothing, I mean. No, no, I'm agreeing with you, Dustin. I'm just saying, like, I can't, I'm agreeing that I don't, I mean, was The Stand scary? I didn't think so, but no. I think it was, it was boring. supposed to be. I think that Ryan Murphy, or at least American Horror Story knows like certain visual boxes to tick whereas like flanagan exercises a very strong like understanding of how horror works and he manipulates it in very intentional ways and i think that's how he gets away with like he's using horror as a framework for human stories right and i think he's interested less so in horror and more so in haunting, in all of the ways that that word can be defined. Exactly. Because or even I think just, yeah, everything what's... he's done, at Dr. Sleep, Gerald's Game, like yeah. everything is about like being unable to escape 
your past and the horror of that, which is very much a Stephen King thing and why he's been good at adapting King stories or whatever. Right. But it's also obviously what he has put in the forefront of his own now fully original storytelling. And the why he's drawn to Shirley Jackson. Like here Correct. it's an isolated community reacting against others. Right. Like that is textbook Jackson. Yes. Very so, much so. you know. We've always he, lived in the castle. We've always lived on the island. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so there is an interesting way because you could very easily read Midnight Mass through the lens of the works the other works that Flanagan has adapted and kind of right. go oh he learned from these people but there is there is still that element that is purely him that he has always brought to those adaptations right um and so and I you know that's also present here I don't know I just I find him very intelligent as a yes. as a creator like yes. I don't it doesn't mean that I'm always that I like all of his choices but I admire that he makes the choice. I think he needed an editor, but <laughs> I can I can appreciate like the deliberateness with which he makes seemingly every choice. Yes. Um, I think that my only issue with this, no, I need to stop saying that. My one of my <laughs> recurring issues with this is just that it felt like certain character machinations were like the most obvious and that just sort of fell short for me um but yeah i'll probably rewatch it i never rewatched bly bly was definitely my least favorite but i rewatched hill house a couple times and that was always fulfilling yeah all so. right one one last question please <laughs> is kate siegel good because flanagan writes well for her Mm-hmm. Is she good? Uh, anyway. Anyway. Or is she not good and she just keeps getting... Mike Flanagan just keeps casting her anyway. What would make you think the last option? Yeah. I don't think the last option. Okay, I think so you're I, just poking Yeah, the, I'm just, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I just kind of think that, that he writes really well for her. I think he does. I mean, I think I... I can understand doing that for your spouse or whatever um but i but i also admit that i think some of her monologues were the least interesting to me yeah like i'm not sure that this was an example of him writing really well for her i think he wrote better for her in the haunting shows yes i I think she yeah and i think that's part of it like i do actually think that she's really good and i think that she shines in his work but I agree. I actually think that some of her writing, some of the writing he gave to her this time around was less effective. Although, again, I come back to her, the last moment in the last episode with her. Yeah. Was and I wonder, great. was it like, was it less effective for me because she is still like her monologues are about a version of religion that I do not ascribe to. Oh, so it's yeah. so like there is part of me that naturally is just like, ugh, like I don't That's believe bullshit. Yeah, I don't agree with this shit. So yeah. like do I then just think that like Saracen is doing a better job 
because his monologue is more in line with what I actually yeah. believe. I mean, is the writing better because it just happens to say what I believe? Right. <laughs> there's a yeah. lot of bias that I had to, uh, that I'm still kind of struggling to parse through. Like how much yeah. of that is what I bring to the table and how much of it is actually. Yeah. And I think in general, I just might prefer her more as like a quote unquote stereotypical like badass. So yeah. like her shooting Bev Keen great like her some of her other scenes maybe not as great um but yeah i also really missed carla gugino i wish that she'd been here yeah Mm -hmm. i think she would have been good as the mom totally yeah because it was weird for me to realize that that actress is the hot wife from the first season of altered carbon i was like oh acting oh crazy Oh, yeah, that threw me for a loop, too. Yeah, yeah. like, what? Um, yeah. I was like, wait, what happened? Yeah. And all you? of your talk about makeup now explains a lot. Yeah, So. yes, yes. Um, yeah, where is Mildred Gunning from? Why is she so familiar? Uh, oh, because she was in Dr. Sleep. Yes, she's oh, the... Oh, yeah. Wait, I don't remember who she is. Is she the mom? No. I think... Uh, yeah. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. And she... No, and she was in Haunting a Blind Manor. She was Charlotte Wingert. Yeah. Okay. Wait, I don't. The whole time I was like, she's so familiar. Wait, I don't remember who she is in Doctor Sleep. Um, she plays Wendy Torrance. She plays yeah. Oh yes, she's okay. In the, I'm in sorry. the flashbacks, yeah. I thought when you said the mom, I thought you meant the girl's mom. No, right. not the girl's mom. No. Right, 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 right. Well, I hope that uh, Flanagan makes uh, Matt Saracen a regular. Same. That would be nice. I would like that. He yeah. deserves it. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I just enjoy him very much. And I wanted so much more for everybody on Friday Night Lights. Like, Jesse Plemons obviously, like, exploded right. the most. But everybody on that show was great. Well, and Michael B. Jordan. Okay, I just mean Taylor Kitsch and Saracen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's all I mean. But, yeah. Well, we're, we're probably pushing the... Two hour mark here. Hour, yeah, we're yeah. we're getting there. But uh, before we go, uh, no no game this week. But I do have one. <laughs> but I do have one final question that I do want everyone to answer, except for Dustin. Um, <laughs> or Dustin can go last. Uh, <laughs> what do you hope La Brea does? Like, what is the what is the best case scenario for La Brea and Dustin? Is it like, is it like it's amazing, or is it that like, oh my god, it it. Like I don't know if this makes any sense, but like I crave it, or is it like the the it makes no sense, but eighty billion people watch it, so Dustin's gonna have to watch it forever. That or... one, that one, that one. Yeah, yeah. I want it to not be good enough that he really wants to watch it, but just good enough that a lot of other people watch it, so it's yeah. wor- worthwhile for the page views. It mm. somehow mm. explodes mm. in popularity unexpectedly. Right. While yeah. while being still dumber than a box of rocks. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Who is behind mm-hmm. Labria? Anybody that we like know from other shows? Oh, I don't know. Uh, just paid attention. Uh, I don't know, but it's, uh, it's NBC. By David Applebaum, who does not have a wiki page. Uh. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, he has worked on. The Enemy Within. I don't know what that is. Wisdom of the Proud. Again, don't know. 
NCIS New Orleans. Mm. Oh. And The Mentalist. <laughs> I, so, I'm, yeah. My only reservation about this is that um, because everything, Na- everything Natalie, is... no, no, Natalie Z is in it. Correct. Um, she also follows us, and I'm, uh, I'm, um, internet friends. Like we exchange emails with uh, Natalie Z's podcast partner mm-hmm, mm-hmm, frequently. Mm-hmm. So, I giving want the best a lot of for sh- her. Yes, that's what I will say. But giving it a lot of shit, I feel like I'm going to get, uh, I don't know how that's going to be received. You just have to be honest, Justin. Yes, I know. That's that's yeah. all I can do. Well, that's and how as I was... always, you can be honest about her work compared with the show's work. Yes. Like, I don't know how we didn't talk about Hamish more, but like, I enjoyed Hamish more than watching all of those Catholic rituals. He so, was so good. So tall. Oh my just, god, his tight little jeans. Just a lot of body. My Jesse Custer, everybody. Uh, really? And, you know, it was really true. The oh. hair. Oh my god, he's got a good head of hair. Yeah, Dan. He should have been Jesse Custer. Oh what? my god, that, that's a great it. fit. Yeah. Why did we accept Dominic Cooper? Really? Oh okay. no, Dominic was also pretty. I like. I, like I didn't. I wouldn't have bought it until I saw it, and then I was like, no, this works. He's just like, oh a, he's like a pocket-sized man. I kind of, I always retconned it in my brain that Dominic became Jesse Custer because they really wanted, um, um, oh shoot, what's her name to play Tulip? Ruth Nega. Ruth yeah. Nega. And yeah. so, so it's like they cast her and it's like, well. They were dating at the time. They were dating yeah. at the time. So they're the like, cast. all right, we will like. To get Ruth Nega, they had to cast. They had to get I, I know it's not real, but I'm just... Did we know that Dominic Cooper and James Corden were roommates? Oh, no. No. Yeah. Now or oh, in no. the past? Back in the day. Oh. Before Corden married his wife, whom Dominic Cooper introduced him to. Wow. Huh. Yeah, hmm. He's the godfather of Corden's first child. Okay, well, this huh. is a post. Yeah, Wait, that's a um, post. Can you know, we also... You know who would have also been good as Jesse Custer? Hmm. Taylor Kitsch. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. What are yeah. you talking about? That would have been terrible. He's not a good actor. Wow. What are you talking about, Dustin? <laughs> Dustin? Oh, oh, oh. We're late enough that the truth is go- just Dustin, coming out. I love Taylor Kitsch. I love Taylor Kitsch. He's a terrible actor. I'd and I thought the same Jesse Custer didn't tears? require a whole lot. I thought that Saracen was a terrible actor until this. You thought these people were what? terrible actors? Saracen was not good in Friday Night Lights. Or at least not in season two. Tori Tori (laughs) has not seen the right season. I've I've seen seen Zach Guilford. She's only seen season two. And he's not good. Have you considered that you're the one who's not good? (laughs) (laughs) Every day, Roxanne. Every day. Dustin the villain. I think that they both, as actors, rise and fall to the material that they're given, which is a Mm -hmm. lot of fucking actors. Yeah. So, sure, right. sure. yeah, so I just, I need, and you know what, whatever, Kitch was good in the Waco show, and... Mm. Yeah, he was, he was he good was, in the Waco show. He was thoroughly okay in True Detective Season 2. Yeah. No. <laughs> he was not he the wasn't. worst part. Yeah. He was not the worst part at all. No, there, there's a, but that's totally true, Roxanne. I mean, like, I, uh, I, I will not name names here, but there was an actor who was on a show that, this back when I was, like, an assistant, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, he was not good 
on that show. But then, like, a year later, he was on Friday Night Lights. And I was like, oh, he's good on Friday Night Lights. Like, it worked. Like, in that... That was just a very naturalistic way. Everybody was Right, but that's the thing, is that, like, the environment that they created and the way that that they operated allowed people to find, you know, what they were good at. The rhythms and what they were good at. Even when it's someone who I would not have, up to that point, would not have considered a particularly good actor. Yeah. Um, so Dustin's wrong with that movie. Yeah, we're no. back to that's we're back on firm we're ground. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Great. All right. All right. Anyway, yeah. that's the show. Uh, it may it may end up being two hours, which is amazing. <laughs> sorry, um, sorry. We can cut it up. We can divide it. Oh, that's too much work. I apologize yeah. for literally nothing. Yeah. No. Yeah. Nor should you. the yeah. The last chapter marker we're gonna have is for midnight midnight mass, which is a, at about the hour mark. Yeah. So. Okay, just That's great. just pretend it's all one big monologue from Tori, and we'll be good. There you go. Okay, why me? <laughs> Again, because you're the smartest. Yeah. That's not true. That's true. Hundred percent true. Um, true. We will be back next week with uh, with some stuff. Uh, La Brea and La Brea. Finally, it's going to be an hour of Dustin talking. An about hour of La Brea. Finally, I, I don't have. The ability to speak for an hour. We might force Dustin to rewatch True Detective season two and report mm-hmm. back. That's yeah. a terrible season. Uh, better than uh, better than uh, people give it credit for. No. Yes. I mean, True Detective season two. Yeah. No, it was absolute trash. Vaughn, it's right. Fine. Vince yeah, but Vaughn you get to like the, the other three. Highlight the other three. Oh, what? Vince Vaughn was the highlight of season. <laughs> you, you can't say that when when <laughs> the episode's ending. That like needs a whole other episode. <laughs> Bonus you episode. Remember? You can't say that at the end of this. How dare you? Yeah. The okay. ginger kid. Tune in at Christmas. Colin Farrell's Farrell. right there. Right. You know. Colin Farrell. I mean, Rachel McAdams is right. She's you know great what? too. The problem oh. though is that like they treated the big reveal. And it was just sex trafficking, and I was like, "Yeah, okay." Like, mm-hmm. is that terrible? Probably, but. Hmm. Anyway, Dustin's wrong. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> good night, good night everybody. everybody. Bye.